Hey guys, what's up? This is the Man vs. Wheelchair Podcast, where we talk about shortcuts, secrets, and truths we wish we knew 20 years ago about being disabled. Together, let's take over your disability with a winning mindset and learn to live life the way you want. Hey everybody, Isaac and Josh here with Man vs. Wheelchair Podcast, and today we're going to talk about eight massive confidence boosters that we haven't seen anyone else talk about. So today, Isaac and I have... Um, I have some things to talk to everybody about, and today's topic is confidence. And uh, over the past few days, I've kind of um, given it some thought and made a list of eight actionable things that you can implement today to boost your confidence. And although these are actionable that you can do today, they're not exactly um, uh, with, with magic bullets. You know, they're not magic bullets for people that have low confidence because it takes a long time to build that up, you know? Right. Well, with that, just real quick, that this is all part of, you know, this is building, like building your character. Mm-hmm. This is part of, you know, um, of building um, everything about you, like your voice and, and the, the seven advantages the, um, the that we have, the PDF that you can get from us. You know, I think that that absolutely ties into this because if you don't have the confidence, you're not going to be confident in your voice. You're not going to be confident in your perspective on life. Um, you know, there's so many things that really at the root, you have to be confident about yourself. Yeah. And and even just being confident in the fact that you are able to be disabled and that you're confident that you can still go on, even if even if you just make it that far, mm-hmm. which, you know, we want you to shoot for the stars and to be even more than that. But yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's like the first step of getting out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's being, uh, and we'll touch on it a little bit later is being comfortable with who you are is a big part of it. Um, but in character building, um, you have to be comfortable with your character and with your ideas and your thoughts. And a lot of things go into that. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of information out there on confidence. And when you look it up. It's, you know, the the things like work out, like build muscle, go to the gym and lift. And those things increase testosterone production, which increases confidence in people. But obviously people in wheelchairs or people with disabilities, those aren't the most practical things, you know? Right. Yeah. You mean so, you're not you're not swole from the gym? <laughs> no, I can bench press like a feather. Yeah, I can't. Um, my my bench pressing is equivalent to me falling out of my chair onto the bench, so. <laughs> pressing it down. Yeah, uh, which in that case you can bench press your body weight, right? Whoa, never thought of it. Yeah, just the other way, like with the assist of gravity. My wife is gonna think I'm so hot now. Well, yeah, you just need that six pack now. <laughs> I have that in the fridge. There we go. That's good. Coke, folks. Coke. Coke. Six pack of Coke. Um, but yeah, like when I read those, it always just, it frustrates me, you know, because they don't apply to me. Like, um, a few years back, I used to, uh, well, before I lost the ability, I used to like go into the gym at college. I signed up for like a physical, um, like extracurricular class and I used to go in the gym and I used to like do little sit-ups that I could do on my chair or I would do, um... I would, like, use the bands, you know, those, and, and I do admit, like, 
I felt a lot better after a couple of months of, of doing that stuff. But um, I, I kind of took it too far and I made my body, mm, I don't even know how it works, but you know in muscular dystrophy, when you overwork a muscle, it becomes weaker and then it yeah. doesn't it doesn't repair like normal normal muscles normal muscles would with people exercising. So <clears throat> so when I read those uh, when I read those articles, they always just make me mad. And but there's other things that you can do that those articles are good about, like teaching body language, which is another topic. Um, how you can have good body language, or at least better body language, and still be in a wheelchair, or, you know, however, whatever type of, uh, if you have, like, you know, what's it called, where your spine uh, isn't straight? Uh, like scoliosis? Yeah, if you have scoliosis, like you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to, um, you can still do even with like impairments like that for body language, but I didn't feel like this was probably like the proper place to talk about it. Right. So, <clears throat> so we came up with eight actionable things to massively increase confidence. And I think that this is true, but I'll kind of put in the beginning of this. These are not um, shortcuts. So, the first one I want to talk about is advice by uh, Jordan Peterson. And if people don't know him, he's uh, he's a psychologist, a clinical psychologist that speaks on a whole range of issues. And when he spoke about this, it wasn't directly related to confidence. It was more so related to um, gaining self-respect, which I think is the absolute core to confidence and so he mentions he mentions something called uh well it's just don't run away and that essentially breaks down to um stop avoiding confrontation and it's not like confrontation in the fact where uh you go out and you want to fight with everybody right you know right it's more it's more talking about avoiding not stating your ideas because you're not confident in speaking up, you're not confident in your ideas, or you don't want the confrontation of someone else um, confronting you for your ideas, and maybe you're not prepared. But the only way to change that, and Isaac, you used to be in debate club, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you know a lot about this, is... Um, is speaking up with your ideas and stop avoiding not talking about things because you feel like maybe you don't know the most about it or you're not prepared on the subject. The only way you'll get prepared and the only way you'll learn your own ideas and how you formulate your own opinions is by talking about things. Right. Well, one of the the fun things like uh, a lot of my friends and I talk about, there's a a saying it says iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. but the thing is is that you know i i can't fully accept my belief on something if i haven't tested it i can i can think it and i can believe it yeah. right but i can't be tried in the furnace as they say if i haven't at least gone out once and debated somebody against it 
-hmm. So I can, I can believe something with my entire heart, but whenever I go out there to tell somebody and all this, this idea that I have falls to pieces because I, I don't have the proper foundation. I, you know, I don't have all the information, mm -hmm. then it doesn't mean anything. So you, it, it's not necessarily about winning an argument or, or I'll always being right, but it's about always developing your idea. Yeah. You know, cause like there, there are some things, there are some matters that, you know, uh, I think in this world that we're never going to get a solid, this is right. And this is wrong, you know, because there's, there's right. opinions, yeah. right? So I can come to you and I can say, you know, man, I think that, you know, the, the homeless problem that we have in America is terrible. And you could be like, no, man, it's not really that bad. Look at other countries. Mm -hmm. Well, those are opposing views. That doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. You know, maybe mm -hmm. we do need to help out other countries. Or, you know, maybe you're already doing your part to help out in this country. But if I'm not out there at least promoting this idea, how in the world am I going to build it up? I'm going to test it. So you have to not worry about being right or wrong. You just have to worry about getting it out there, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and making sure that you're being heard. Otherwise, you will absolutely recluse up and you'll never get any type of opinion out. Or as soon as you give your opinion and someone else comes with a counter uh, option to it you're not going to know how to handle that situation yeah yeah which leads us right into number two which is state what you think and this goes right along with character building and exactly as you how you said by stating what you think you have to learn to live with the consequences and by by that i don't mean huge consequences don't you know, say things that are going to send you to jail or ostracize you in the community, you know. But living with the consequences just mean being okay with disagreeing with other people. And, you know, one of, one of the big things for me is people with disabilities, um, they're not going to be the ones that contribute a lot of physical things to society, right? Right. You agree with that? Yes, yeah. I do. So, like, ever since I was a kid, I'll never forget my grandpa, you know, this is, is obvious now, and it was probably obvious to him, but back then, you know, it wasn't that obvious to me. But he would always tell me, you know, you're going to have to develop your mind. You're going to have to do something with your mind because your body doesn't work. Or it doesn't work, you know, to a level where you can contribute a lot of physical things to society. Like, and if you don't know what I mean by physical things, um, just take it literally, you know, like bricklayers or construction workers or, you know, or even like cashiers, you know, just those physical things that are contributed to society, right? So with being disabled, and this goes back to the PDF that you can get by going to manverseswheelchair.com or manverseswheelchair.club signing up and then the first email will send you the pdf but it talks about your voice and being disabled the most important thing you have is your voice and it's because you're not going to be able to contribute you know physical things so your voice is going to be what you can contribute and your ideas are going to be what you can contribute yeah. so in stating what you think and living with the consequences you're going to be wrong 
you're going to have discussions where you are wrong and you need to be ready and okay with that. But that's part of developing good ideas is being wrong about things and figuring out why they're wrong. And, you know, as I talk about this, like it doesn't, it doesn't always feel like it uh, directly correlates to confidence, but I guarantee you it does. Right. You know? Right. Well, I mean, also, and this is semi-related, but I, I even had a conversation today with my boss about consequences, even in the workplace. And we always use the word consequence in the negative. Like we never actually really apply it for the positive. Mm -hmm. Every decision you make has a consequence. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. So uh, this is coming back to the voice, like you said, if you have a passion about something and you state it, be confident in what you're stating. Mm -hmm. And what, by, by what I mean is confident is, you know, have a little bit of faith in what you're saying. You know, uh, we also talk about time, developing your time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, take the time to learn about what it is that you're going to be talking about. And, and you know, don't, you know, oftentimes it's the, the person that has the least to say will talk the most. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whenever we are talking, whenever we go out and we give our opinions, we have you know, this, uh, this idea that we want to get across. And like you said, unfortunately, usually it's just our voice that we can go with. Be, be prepared to stand up for that. You might get, you know, a well done, or you might get, man, that was the dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. At least you're out there saying it. I know plenty of people that are perfectly able-bodied folks that don't ever say anything because they're just too afraid to be wrong or, you know, they're shy or whatnot. And I mean, honestly, you can't be disabled and be shy because you're the center of attention in any room that you go in, right, you know, right. so you might as well be able to contribute something, you know, as far as con conversing or, you know, a certain ideology that you have, um, you know, so don't be afraid of the consequence. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But yeah. it, at least it's at least it's something. You know what, that, that makes me want to skip ahead a little bit here to, um, to number six. And um, number six is most people admire people who can see through the tragedy, right? right. So, Isaac, have you uh, been paying attention lately on like Twitter and what Kanye West was posting about? Ab absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I retweeted him the other day because he, uh, he posted something that uh, we'll post up on the website. And it's just a tweet that says, artists transform tragedy into beauty. And I just love that on so many levels because he's obviously talking about artistry, right? And, right. and people who's, uh, do, who directly relate to, to artists. But if you kind of think about this from a broader perspective, people with disabilities are transforming their tragedy, which is, you know, like maybe you don't want to define it as a tragedy, whatever, but people transform that tragedy into a beautiful thing. And, and understanding that, understanding that people will value your ideas because you are essentially transforming a tragedy into beauty in their eyes. Right. You know? And, and, 
I just I don't I don't think I've ever seen it or heard it put that way, you know. So so eloquently eloquently is a Kanye tweet, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ironic kind of that he would be the one to do that. But you know that that makes me think of uh, which I know you know uh, of the of the gentleman, but his name is uh, Kevin Chandler, and he. He's a, a disabled guy that has friends that carry him all over the place and they do fundraisers and they take these trips and they hike over like countries and stuff. And, and, you know, so many people, I mean, just tens yeah. of thousands of people yeah. are so motivated and, and, and just blessed by this guy that has, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a terrible disability, but he has found a way to transform it into a passion that he and his friends can share and then share with the world, you know, and they, they document it. They take videos and pictures and whatnot. And you know how simple it is that they just, they stuff them in a backpack, essentially, (laughs) you know, uh, it's a little bit better than that, but, but really, you know, it's like they, they've completely transformed, you know, uh, something that could have just made him bedridden. And, and now, you know, which, which is a tragedy for, a lot of people, mm-hmm. but they decided to step beyond the scope of that tragedy and to find beauty, and in this case, beauty in nature, and and they sh- they share it with each other, and then they also document it and share it with the world. You yeah, know, and, we, sh- and that's, we should we should try to get that guy on the show. We'll we'll do that. We'll get All him right. on here, man. That sounds good. That sounds so, good. I would, I would love to talk to him, Mr. Chandler. We're coming for you. We're coming. But yeah, man, and and. You just have to kind of realize that even though maybe you don't want to define it as a tragedy, it's just, it's something, it's something that people admire in a way, you know, you're a positive outlook on life. People admire that in whoever, a positive outlook. It's so hard to find good people to align yourself with, you know? Right. And, and that's what happens to be number seven is aligning yourself with good people. Because whenever you, you know, you need positivity in your life and you need to be people's positivity. And I just always find it like when I'm around negative people or like I'm spending too much time with people that don't have a good attitude towards things, like it really, really just affects my confidence. It affects mm-hmm. how I, I go about my plans. You know, if I, I've, I've done business with people in the past that are just kind of pessimistic and and they don't you know they they don't see like a vision for the future of of the project or or whatever and uh and this was all in the past but but like it just kills it just kills the momentum for whatever you're working on so if you're around negative people that don't bring positivity into your life or you or you have like five friends and like three of them are negative and two of them are, are positive, you know, you like the negativity is getting outweighed there. So you're just essentially killing the momentum that you build up in life. And, and a lot of confidence is momentum, you know, because once you start doing one thing right, you start doing two things right. And then when you do two, you do four and then four and then eight, you know, like, the more positive momentum you can build, the better you're going to feel about yourself and, and the better you're going to be able to make others feel, which is directly correspondent to your confidence levels. 
Right. And the way that you you put it as far as um, the, the negativity in life, I, I find it interesting that if, if there are 10 people in a room and one of them is negative, the entire mm-hmm. the overall uh, mood of the room will drop because of that one person. Mm-hmm. Now, vice versa, if you have nine negative people in the room and one positive person, that that one positive person is not going to raise, you know, the no. positive level. Negativity always, always, always outweighs positive, yeah, and does. and and that's why it's that's you know that's it's kind of why we do what we're doing. You know, is we're trying to get people that are that are maybe a little more on the negative side of situations and try to bring them up to the positive side to say, hey, look, you know, we can, there's there's you, there's a hurdle here, yes, but you have to get over it. But understanding that raising your confidence level is what's going to help raise you up and over that hurdle. You know, nobody can make you positive. Nobody can make you negative. That is something that you have to accept for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, I can I can be having the greatest day, and and be driving down the road. And if somebody cuts me off, I can either allow them to to affect me negatively. Or I can allow myself not to be affected by it negatively. Mm-hmm. But it's my choice either way. And you yeah. know what that comes down to and what you will um, essentially accrue by developing these this list that we're talking about, these confidence boosters, um, that comes down to self-awareness. You know, you have to be able to realize, which I feel like a lot of disabled people have a heightened sense of self-awareness mm-hmm. because, I mean, you must, you know, I, I certainly do. And I, I know you do. You have to have a, a self-awareness to realize when you're, when you're being negative, when you're being negative or when you're letting negative things affect you. And you have to have the discipline to step back from that. And be like, oh, well, you know, okay, so I need to, I need to take a breath here. I need to take ten. I need to go get some fresh air, and kind of essentially reset my mind. You know, right? Yeah, right. And <clears throat> that self awareness develops over time, of course. And but you have to, you have to exercise it. And you have to really, really put a lot of things into practice to get that self awareness, you know, to a level where you can control your emotions, and. Um, so that, that takes us into, um, the next one, which is, uh, I believe is, uh, you know, if not one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, one of the most important things to building your confidence is setting standards. Right. And this comes in every single aspect of your life. And we've kind of touched on, on the uh, positive people. You have to set standards for the people you align yourself with. You have to set standards for who you allow to be around you. You have to set standards for the work you do. You have to set standards for how self-aware you are. And when you start setting these standards, um, you develop, you have to develop an accountability for uh, for the, your ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Or your work. And the higher your set of standards are, the more you're going to believe in something, you know? Right. Well, something that has taken me a while to develop and to understand 
is um, setting standards can be difficult, especially when it comes to friendships. If you've mm-hmm. had a friendship for a while, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I was kind of like, a, I guess, the a very popular, I guess. I, I, I'm not that I'm bragging mm-hmm. or anything, but being the only guy in the wheelchair at school, everybody yeah. knew me, you know, yeah. and, and I tried to be friends with everybody. Yeah, like you said earlier, you can't you can't blend in, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it also didn't help that I had like a neon green wheelchair and you know a sound yeah. system and whatnot on it. But uh, but the friends that I had in high school, they were fun in high school. But whenever I graduated and you know started to really mature into an adult, and and look at where I wanted my life to go. Some of these friends that I was with, they were fine still carrying on the same old high mm-hmm. school mentality. And I had to I had to draw a line and say, look, guys, I mean, we're either going to grow up or I'm going to have to leave you behind. I'm sorry. And and they didn't want to grow up. So I, I left them behind, you know. Mm-hmm. And And it's not that I was being mean. And it's not that I thought I was better than them. I wanted better for myself. And I identified... I set the standard of I'm not going to live at home, you know, with my parents and play video games and, and, and not contribute something with that said, if you stay at home and play video games, I understand, you know, some, some people are like that, but you know, these were, these were able bodied people and that's, that's the difference. And I wanted to be, I wanted to set standards for my friends and I wanted to really make a plan and a goal for my life and and if if I didn't set those standards I wouldn't have been able to follow through with uh with what was going on you yeah. know and uh yeah. and I think that leads right into num- uh well we got to go back up to number 3 we're all over the place but it's still yeah. good uh number 3 on the list was make yourself accountable by following through right and and one of these things I love it it's it's a quote and it says a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan, and a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had a very clear goal, and and I've talked about this before that I wanted to get married and have kids. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but I, buddy, let me tell you, I still had that in my, you know, I was tunnel vision for doing that. But I also knew that, you know, what woman was going to want me if I didn't have a job or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, an education or something, you know, like I just don't want to, you know, stay at home and be a bum all day. Um, and there are some ladies that would have done that, I'm sure, you yeah. know, uh, and bless them. Uh, but I wanted more, for, like I said, not only for myself, but for my family. Yeah. So I said, OK, first, I got to graduate high school, even though the doctor said you're not going to live that long. Well, too bad. I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I got to go to college. Well, you don't have a vehicle. Okay. So I did fundraisers and I did, you know, things to raise money. So then I started going to college, you know, and then I, I got that on track and then I started dating and then I got married, you know, and then I graduated high, uh, college and then I started having kids, you know, and it was this goal that I had in mind that I wasn't going to let anything stop me. You know, and and uh, and that's just what I had to do. Yeah, 
that that ties right in perfectly, you know, setting standards and, and setting goals um, and holding yourself accountable. So what you did was you essentially developed uh, a wish in your mind, a dream, you know, this is who I picture myself in 10 years, you know, married with a job, you know, all of those things. And they have to kind of correlate, right? Right. Like you can't, <clears throat> you can't set goals to like, climb Mount Everest and at the same time, you know, do something completely unrelated to those skills. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it it would, it would be foolish for me to say, you know, in the next five months, I want to actually run a marathon. I can't, I can't run. So, you know, I, you have to, you have to be logical, you know, with those things. Yeah. But I mean, I'm talking about, uh, in your long-term visions, you have to create, um, uh, the skills have to relate, kind of, you know, like, uh, like you said, um, you have to, you you wanted to get married, right? So what woman would want to marry someone that didn't have a job? So you focused on getting a job, and those two things relate, right? Right. Yeah, and anybody that is in a relationship knows that it's hard-pressed to find anybody who will put up with anybody else who doesn't have those goals. So, you know, you had the vision to say, well, if someone's going to put up with me, then I need to do these things. You know, I need to get a job. I need to have value. I need to, you know. So that's what I meant by everything tying in together. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fine to have goals that are, are accomplishable separate from each other, but... For long-term planning, I think that it all has to kind of prepare you for the end goal, you know? Right, right. Well, I mean, it's also, uh, (laughs) let's go to another one, (laughs) Uh, doing what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's what was going to make, that's what was going to make me happy. You know, I, I, I loved you know, being able to go out and, and spend time with friends and not worry about when I had to come home or, you know, in any of that, that was fun. And that was, you know, like my single days and whatnot. But I knew that, you know, happiness, um, well, well, even just within, you know, happiness is situational joy is eternal, you know, and, and that's something that I truly believe, you know, and, and I knew that if I wanted to have a consistent, happiness in my life i looked at my mom and dad you know uh blessed them they had seven kids and still married and you know loved us and and were so supportive of myself and my two older brothers who also are you know disabled and they were just happy i mean like we we didn't have a lot of money you know sometimes we didn't even know what we were going to eat but they were still just happy and I looked at that and I said, I want a part of that for my own self, yeah. you know, and, you know, in, in order for me to get there, I had to start developing things that made me happy in order to even prepare for this. You know, it's like I, I didn't spend yeah. time doing yeah. things that I didn't want to do, uh, like hanging out with deadbeat friends. <laughs> Sorry, deadbeat friends. You know, I still love you, though. Yeah. But, um, right. oh, go ahead, man. I mean, the, the we have bullet pointed here under the do what makes you happy is don't spend time, don't spend time doing things you hate, right? So, 
I think that that's another big one is, you know, you related it to hanging out with deadbeat friends, right? And not to say that you hated your deadbeat friends because, you know, you love them. But what that essentially means is don't spend time doing things that you don't find value in. Right. And and hanging out with deadbeat friends may mean not doing anything with a day, you know, with an entire day, you know? So, and, and you know, maybe you wake up tomorrow and you think, oh, man, I have so much extra work now, or I, I could have done this yesterday. I, I wake up and I think that a lot just because I'm, I'm so bad at planning out my time. But, you know, I, I, I think back at, okay, what I, I did that for an hour yesterday. Um, is that, was that super important to me? Or did it help accomplish these things that I'm trying to accomplish? And I always regret it. If, if, if I spent, if I wasted two hours doing something that I, I hate the next day that I wasted those two hours and now I'm behind, like, it just makes me miserable, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life where, uh, I thought at the time it was awesome and wonderful and it's exactly what I wanted to do. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a week later I'm like, why in the world did I waste my time on that? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, yeah. and, and, you know, just to be clear and, and, you know, not to beat a dead horse, I, I had fun hanging out when I was in high school with, and doing things with my friends, but I, I had, a, I had, even back then I had goals and I hung out with them because I really, you know, I didn't want to lose the friendship. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to hang out with them. I just didn't want to lose the friendship. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've developed myself to be able to have, and to bring it back to the whole topic, the confidence to say, even, you know, as an adult, you know, if I have friends over here, you know, maybe they want to go out and, and party and, and do something to, that I can be confident enough in myself to say, no, I don't want to go do that because I actually have something better I would like to do over here. Something that actually yeah. brings me happiness or is productive or that is going to increase my value. And yes, it's fun to go out and have a good time. And every once in a while, I absolutely go out and have a good time. But I plan for that. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. on a whim. Oh, hey, let's go waste the rest of the day, you know, partying. It's like, no, I, you know, I have kids that are going to be going to college someday, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I want to plan for that, you know, and, and I'm much, I would much rather, and that's what actually is making me happy. You know, I, as odd as that is, you know, when I get up and go to work, I go to work with a smile, you know, mm-hmm. because I know that I'm, I'm preparing for the future of my kids, kids that I didn't think I was going to have. So that, you know, that brings me joy and that makes me happy. And, uh, and, and, and I love being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it doesn't all relate back to something that you find value in, then, I mean, you're going to hate it. And the more time you spend hating doing things you hate, the less, the less good you're going to feel about yourself, right. you know, which is how that relates to confidence And all of this, I'll, I'll, you know, kind of write a post and a, a blog on this and 
put it on the website because we touched on so many things here, um, but it all directly relates to confidence and character building, which is, is essentially what it comes down to for, for us. Right. And, um, you know, we, we, we skipped one, we skipped number four, be comfortable with who you are, but you know, that, that's essentially accepting the, the thing, you know, the cards life has dealt you and that's not easy for everyone, you know? Yeah. But, but when you start realizing that you have value in these other ways, because, so here's the, here's the thing. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but if you're valuing the wrong things and those things relate to who you are, right? So you're, instead of realizing that you have value in your ideas and, and maybe you've developed a certain set of skills, if you, if you constantly value things that you don't have, that's essentially not being comfortable with who you are, right? Right. So, so you have to build a set of skills that you find value in. And that's how, that's how I accept, I, I eventually found the path of accepting myself because I struggled that well into my, into my twenties. And, um, at, at a certain midpoint in my twenties, maybe a little bit more toward the beginning, I started developing these skills that I felt I could contribute in. And instead of uh, pursuing things that eventually inevitably weren't going to work out for me because there are more physical tasks. I started focusing on the mental aspect of that, of those same passions. So like filmmaking, you know, I was, I went to film school and I always wanted to be a director and I could accomplish those things. You know, I, I directed some short films back then and, and it's, it's accomplishable. But it's not the most realistic for me. I, I graduated from film school and I found out that, you know, if you can't go to film sets and you can't set up shots and set up lightings and go do scouting, you know, you can't really be the best director. Right. Be- because because I was missing those things that all add up to a, being a good director, right? So I could have the vision and all that, but it was, it would just take so much energy for me to, to do all of those things that maybe a director that could get around easier could do better. So I, I faced a hard time with that graduating from film school and realizing I can't do what I feel like I'm best at and most passionate about. So then I started focusing on, um, on things that I could do like video editing and and writing and these things that were um were still based in my passion or filmmaking but you know didn't require a fifth or a tenth of the physical energy that i wasn't capable of right and it wasn't until i started developing those skills and started getting accepted for being a writer that I was really, really comfortable with the skill set that I developed, you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, I mean, 
it's so it's so odd because there's so many physical things that I want to do that are that I'm passionate about that I can't do and you know part of part of of my character that I've had to develop which you know everybody should develop in my opinion is humility and recognizing your limits and being okay with your limits and this is part of being comfortable with who you are and and even though you know we had this as number four this potentially could be the hardest thing on the entire list you know is is getting to a point to where you are completely comfortable in your own skin and and you know i remember uh i'm i i hate my feet hate my feet and my 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 best friends um they they knew they would they were never going to see me without you know socks on and and it wasn't until uh you know my, my feet were fine i didn't have funky toenails or anything you know it's just i i didn't like them you, you didn't so you do now. well well yes i do now i'm, I'm an old man so they they flake and they're all nasty and you got the fungus and whatnot which is going away but anyways uh but it, it was funny because i did i was at um old navy and i bought a pair of flip-flops and i said i'm going to go to school this is my college days i was going to go to school and i was going to wear flip-flops okay and this is going to be like the first time and i remember my friends were freaking out they're like oh my gosh can't believe this is happening you know the end of the world and i went to school and i looked down and i had i had something on my toenail and i was like what in the world is that and you know over the course of a week it grew and it was like this fungus i i didn't have that for years you know but i finally built up the confidence to wear flip-flops you know because my feet are kind of bent in a little bit and i, I was self-conscious about it but i just said you know what it doesn't matter i'm gonna go for it and as soon as i did boom that happened you know so it's it's this uphill battle that you're constantly gonna you know uh go against and like i'm comfortable enough now i you know I'm as nasty as my feet are you know like i said flaky and fungusy and all that deliciousness um I'd, i i would put on flip-flops and go outside because you know my family gives me confidence my wife gives me confidence you know like i feel yeah. she makes me feel attractive you know and and i know that i don't need to be attractive for anybody else because i have my wife you know so but there are things about me that you're constantly analyzing and overanalyzing and reanalyzing and you know uh to to stay confident you know once you once you reach confidence you don't just you're not just there you have to keep it you know and and yeah. you have to yeah. fight for it sometimes so so my what i wanted to bring to the table with this is that you know don't don't take this lightly whenever we say oh yeah just go get some confidence this is a difficult thing to do you know mm -hmm. it's hard to do this because you have to accept where you are who you are and only whenever you do that can you actually start to overcome and and that is the hardest thing to do you know whenever the doctors told me man you know you're probably going to die at 18 that sucked really bad you know because i i had so many dreams that I wanted to fulfill. And it wasn't until I said, you know what? Fine, whatever. I'm going to go and have a life and, and, and do what I want, whether I make it there or not. And, and I'll just hit as, as many on as many bucket list points as I could. 
And wouldn't you know, as soon as I came to that decision, you know, they, the doctors came back and they gave me the news that I actually had a different type of muscular dystrophy. And, you know, so, but, you know, that was, a, I guess, a special case scenario with me. But it was just, you know, it's like every time I get to the point of being confident and moving forwards, something else happens. And that's okay, because that's what's going to keep me focused. It's going to keep me driven. And that, you know, so I'm not going to get complacent and I'm not going to get stagnant. And because I think that would be the worst thing is is to be stagnant because then the second that that happens um atrophy is going to kick in in as far as your emotions and your personality and you're going to regress yep all right man well this is definitely something that i feel like we should continue on um i feel like there's a lot of value that we had here and uh this list that i've been talking about i'm going to post uh, the um, probably the top five onto the website. I'm going to go into a little bit more detail on the website, but if you want to get all eight of them, you need to go to manverswheelchair.club manverswheelchair.club and put your email in and uh, I'll be sending out I'll be sending out the full list with uh, some of the pictures we have in here talking about what we just talked about today. So, Isaac, I appreciate it. And um, we will continue this. All right, guys. It was good to talk. It was good to talk to you, Josh. And uh, make sure to uh, stay confident, man. Thanks for listening to the Man vs. Wheelchair podcast. If you guys got this far, that's amazing. And I hope you got some value. And I want you to do one more thing for me. Go to manverswheelchair.com and sign up to join the club. That's where we're going to give you exclusive content and more tips on how to level up in life. So go do that right now. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit that follow button.